Hello, SFFL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future. Our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Jen Northington. I'm recording a little bit early on February 23rd. And today I'm talking about seaworthy science fiction and fantasy. I just got back from a beach trip, which is like a weird thing to say in February, but it was, I 100% recommend it. Go somewhere warm and let the sun wash out your brain of the winter blues. Uh, if you can manage it, it's very nice. And so obviously when I got back, I've been thinking about the beach and the ocean. And so I decided to talk about oceany backlist. So that's what we're going to do. I've got one cozy and one very intense. Uh, Before I get into them, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books, and so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high-stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players, but what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. All right, so I'm going to start with a cozy fantasy. It is In Deeper Waters by F.T. Lukens. And this is like the sweetest, sweetest book. It's very sweet. (laughs) It's a high fantasy um, with, it is YA, I guess they're like older teenagers. And it takes place in a, you know, sort of like that vaguely medieval kind of setting. 
Uh, our main character is Prince Tal. He is part of a family that is royalty. And the tradition is that you send out, you know, the member of the royal family uh, during when they come of age. I'm guessing it's 18. I don't actually remember. It's been a minute, minute since I read this book. Um, but you send them out on like a tour of the countryside and like sort of incognito, you know, he uh, is supposed to like, you know, experience life outside of the castle walls, et cetera, et cetera. He has actually been very cloistered and doesn't really interact much with the outside world because he has a type of magic that is forbidden and very secret. Um, so this is a big deal for him. And of course, everything almost immediately goes wrong. Uh, there's they like come across on their ship another ship that's on fire, and there's a mysterious prisoner. Um, they take the prisoner on board, and then that prisoner like jumps overboard. They think he's dead um, because they're in the middle of the open ocean. But then they run into the prisoner, Athlin, um, former prisoner, on dry land days later, very much alive, totally fine. Sparks fly. There's like a whole romance here. Um, Tal also is kidnapped at a certain point, like by pirates. Like there's all kinds of stuff. There's political intrigue going on. But at its heart, it's a very, very sweet story of these two young men falling in love with each other. And uh, I'm not going to give away some other exciting bits about this, but the ocean does play a very big role in the story uh, in various ways. And I also really love Tal's family dynamics. He's got a big family, very supportive. Um, it's very queer normative. Like there's no big deal about queerness in this story. The other things are a big deal, but not that, which is very lovely. And yeah, it's just, you know, delightful. Um, really, really fun if you need something that will feel, you know, like a hug and you want to be transported to somewhere else and you want an oceany tale, obviously. This is a great option for that. So again, that's In Deeper Waters by F.T. Lukens. And then, you know, <laughs> much more on the intense side. Woo, this book, y'all, I will never stop thinking about this book. It's Tentacle by Rita Indiana, translated by Achi Obejas. If you are trying to read more translated fiction of the sci-fi fantasy variety, this is definitely up there. I guess this is, I have put it in my science fiction slot, but I think it's maybe more technically speculative. It mixes stuff <laughs> in interesting ways. Um, I'm going to give some content warnings straight off the top uh, because some of this, well, yeah, some of it will come up in my description. Um, homophobia and transphobia. There's racism, slurs. Uh, slavery is part of the plot line. There's lots of violence of various kinds, including sexual violence. Like this book goes to the dark places and thinks about it a lot. And it is, I think, incredibly well done. It's also a very short read. It's under 200 pages. So it is intense. It's totally worth it. It feels much bigger on the inside. It has this sort of spiraling multiple plot lines and the way they join up is totally unexpected. Um, a little bit like Cloud Atlas, if you've read that by David Mitchell. Our main character when we start is Asilda, who is a sex worker and also maybe the subject of a prophecy, like, it, it, and is supposed to go back in time and save the ocean from disaster. There's a magic anemone, like it's a whole anemone, 
Did I say that right? Anemone. Uh, there's a whole, it's a whole thing, y'all. A whole, whole, whole entire thing. And um, Asilda lives in Santo Domingo and is saving up for uh, gender confirmation surgery. And, like, having a lot of intense experiences in the meantime. Um, and then, you know, there's this house full of artists that's a different plot line and let me tell you you are in the head of a person who is extremely unlikable and that is a very interesting and deliberate choice on the part of the author it is not a comfortable read in any way shape or form um, I really appreciated how Indiana spaced out the different POV narratives because you do need a break from some of these characters uh, but it's so interesting the way it all fits together there's a historical subplot line like, you know, I don't even know, y'all. It is a trip. It is a real wild trip. And I think it's a really interesting look at what speculative fiction looks like, certainly outside of the U.S. Um, but also like when an author is just like, yeah, I'm gonna mess with all of these genre conventions. You're not going to know what I'm doing until suddenly you do, which is a thing that I love, you know, to be taken along on that kind of ride. And the ocean and uh, conservation of the ocean is a huge part of this story. It's so baked into the plot in so many different ways, including, you know, the the anemone subplot bit. Um, I just thought it was fascinating. And again, you know, you kind of have to gird yourself a bit, but I think it's totally worth it. And I really do need to read more from Indiana. Um, I keep forgetting that Rita Indiana has other books, including one called Made in Saturn that I like really need to read. So anyway, this is my reminder talking about this with y'all. So that's Tentacle by Rita Indiana, um, translated by Achi Obejas. And there are your two different oceany books. One sweet, one really intense, both 100% worth reading. Um, maybe you can even read them on a beach. I don't know. You do you. Uh, but enjoy either way. Thanks for going along on this journey. Um, SFF yeah is sound edited by Caitlin Brame. Many, many thanks to her for always making us sound great. And thank you all for listening. As always, you can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. You can review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever. It helps other sci-fi fantasy fans to find us. Um, and speaking of finding us, you can find me primarily on Tumblr these days. It's Jen IRL. A-E-N-N-I-R-L. Uh, maybe someday I'll pop up on somewhere else. Who knows? <laughs> but in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading.